Amen. Amen. Turn in, in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. And here again to the, the, the last song that we did, that they did this morning, and the, uh, uh, one of the songs prior, both just blend and fit in with what, uh, what, I, what the Lord's laid upon my heart to minister to you all for this morning. You know, I know some pastors and worship teams get together and, um, and media, their, with their media team and all of that and uh, early part of the week. I've, I've read of pastors that get together with them in the early part of the week and say, here's what I'm going to be preaching, so put these songs with what I'm going to be preaching, put this media with what I'm going to pre- be preaching, and I guess that's okay, but sometimes... Um, Probably most of the time at the first part of the week, I'm not sure yet what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. So we just flow with the Holy Spirit. And our worship team always just, you know, I tell, I tell them just pray and get the mind of the Spirit and, and be led by the Spirit. And if you'll do that, everything flows together when we're led by the Spirit. Amen? Everything flows together. And so the music they did this morning, I believe, uh, flows with what I want to share. Some familiar verses of Scripture with you from the 8th the chapter of Romans. And I want to talk to you this morning. We're going to be getting back. I promise we'll get back into Mark, into the Gospel of Mark. But this morning, I want to preach to you this morning on some things that 2020 will not change. Some things that will not change in 2020 from Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also, and may I say this, that the chapter of Romans is one of my favorite chapters in the entirety of the Bible. I believe that the 8th chapter of Romans is one of the mountaintop chapters in the Word of God. If you can read the 8th chapter of Romans and not be touched and blessed and changed, then, you know, you need to pray a little bit, amen? Uh, Because there is such good, good, good stuff in this 8th chapter of Romans. And in verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, or the Spirit himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, aren't you glad there's some things that we can know today? And we know that all things, how many things? All things work together for good. I think we sang about that this morning, did we not? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Then if you'll drop down with me to verse number 35. Verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, hallelujah, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Oh, God, give us some folks today that are persuaded. Amen. That are convinced, that are sure, that know beyond the shadow of a doubt. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Man, if we quit right there, we've already, we've already got something from the Lord. Some things that will not change, that the year 2020 will not change. Now you know as well as I do that many things change and have changed over the years. Nothing stays the same. I mean, we're living in a world that is constantly changing. We're changing, you know, our appearance, our physical appearance. As we get older, we change. Amen? You don't have to say amen there. But, um, but we do see and we witness a lot of changes. And over the past few years, um, we have experienced and we have witnessed a lot of changes in the world, in our nation, and not all the changes that we have seen have been for the better. And, uh, you know, every year seems to bring about its own set of changes. And in the last few years, and, uh, you know, I would have to say that uh, in the last few years we have saw some changes, a lot of changes in, in our country, in our nation, things that have happened and taken place that I would have not thought and I would have never have thought. As You know, the down south, they said, I never thunk it. I never, never thought that these things that we're seeing today that we would see taking place in America. I mean, we have saw, we have experienced, we have witnessed the moral direction of our nation change over the past few years. And it's not been for the better, ladies and gentlemen, because we have, we have witnessed our, our nation, this wonderful country that we are a part of. And I'm proud to be a part, a citizen of the United States of America. We just visited Mexico and I was glad to get back in the good old USA. But the, the, the fact is that our nation has, in the last few years, the changes in the moral direction of our country. We have drifted away from God. We have drifted farther away from God. And we've saw changes in the political, in the moral, in the moral uh, fiber of our nation. We have, we have witnessed political changes in the political world. We have experienced changes in the religious world, in the church world. We have saw a lot of changes. And I'll have to say that not all the changes that have come into the church have been good changes. And I know, you know, a change is inevitable and uh, things are going to change, but we need to make sure when things change that we are changing for the better and not for the worse. But things in 2020, we know that in this coming year, I know, you know, we can expect some changes to take place. 2020 could be a, a wild and crazy year. It could be, and we don't know what else is going to take place, but we know that this year will bring its own set of changes and things will probably get crazy this year. But there's one thing that I want to stress to you today as your pastor that no matter what the changes in 2020 bring, we still have here in this Bible and especially here what I've read to you from Romans chapter 8, we have some truths that will not change and some things that God has promised us that will remain steadfast and that will remain the same and that will not change no matter what happens in this coming year. I preached at the beginning of January on facing the new year without fear and I just want to reiterate that thought a little bit today because no matter what has happened to you or what you've went through in 2019, I want you to know you don't have to be afraid of 2020 because there will be some changes and we will experience changes here at Abundant Life. But I'm gonna tell you something that God's word does not change and God does not change and what he has promised us in his holy word will not change. Can you give me an amen today? So in 2020, there are some things, three things that I want to point out to you from, from Romans chapter 8, which I said is a, a mountain peak of, in the scriptures, Romans chapter 8. 
But, in, but there's some things here that, I, that God has given us that the Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit is, has mentioned and has given us here that we will have in 2020 regardless of the changes that take place. And number one, and you can write this down if you'd like, but the very first thing that I want to draw your attention to is in verse 26 and 27. Verse 26, as we read a while ago, he said, Likewise, Paul says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps, helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself or himself makes intercession for us. In 2020, the first thing that I want you to notice that we have that will not change is that we have an upholder that cannot be burdened. We have an upholder today that cannot be burdened. And how many of y'all know who our upholder is? Our upholder, Paul said, is the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will not change. He is God, He is immutable and He will forever remain the same. I don't know about anybody else but I'm glad for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Katie sang it this morning. Our worship, team, our worship team sang it this morning. I am cleansed. I am washed. I am sanctified. I am Holy Ghost filled and water baptized. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is our upholder. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps our infirmities. That's what the Apostle Paul says, that the Spirit, likewise the Spirit, helps or helpeth, the King James says, helpeth our infirmities. Now, what is an infirmity? Of course, when we mention the word infirmity, the very first thing that we think of is a sickness or a disease of some kind, somebody that is sick, is, uh, has an infirmity, and that can be, this word infirmity can refer to a sickness. But for the most part, the word infirmity actually means a weakness. The word infirmity, the Greek word, means a weak point or a weak spot or a hurting place in our life. How many of all have experienced uh, weak places and hurting places and uh, weak spots in your life? Anybody got any weaknesses? Amen. I wish I could stand up here today and say, I'm so strong in the Lord that I don't have any weaknesses, but I can't say that. I have a lot of flaws and I have a lot of weaknesses as all of us do. But it's a weak point, a weak spot. But we have an upholder today in the Holy Spirit that the Bible said helps our infirmities. And I know there are many today that are hurting and there are many that are spiritually, hurting spiritually, many that are hurting emotionally in their life because we all have those infirmities and we all have those weaknesses and we all have those weak hurting places in our life. And I, I just believe probably this morning that I'm talking to some people that are sitting here on this first Sunday in February that are sitting here with some hurting places in your life. But can I encourage you just a little bit today because it doesn't make any difference what that hurt may be, what that weak place may be, what that weak spot may be, what that hindrance may be, what it is that you're facing today you've got an upholder in the Holy Spirit that will help you in the midst of that weakness. Oh, glory to God. We don't have to go through those infirmities and those weak places in our own strength or in our own ability. But th And thank God for that. The Lord told the apostle Paul, he said, your, your st my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, I will therefore rather glory in my infirmities because when I am weak, then I am strong because I've got an upholder that will pick me up and will hold me up. You got to excuse me. I hadn't, been pre I hadn't been behind the pulpit on a Sunday morning in two weeks. I'm a little bit excited. 
But he said that the Spirit helpeth. Now, I'm reading this morning from the, the King James Version. And, you know, sometimes we get, sometimes we get kind of thrown aside. I've heard people say, well, I don't like the, the these and the thous and the ETHs, helpeth and liveth and, and, and saveth and all that. But when you, in the, in, the, in the old English, when there was an ETH added to the end of a word, it did have a meaning. And it, it expressed the, the tense of the verb that was being used. And so this word helpeth, and if you look it up and do a study on that word helpeth, you'll find that the tense of that verb is in the present tense, present tense with a continuous action. So what that means is when Paul said that the Spirit Himself helpeth in our infirmities, it means not that He will just help us one time. It doesn't mean that He'll just help us on occasion. It doesn't mean that, well, He helped us yesterday. But when it's in the present tense, that verb and in the continuous action, He uses it to refer that, that He is helping, He has helped, He's helping today, and He will help tomorrow. He's talking about the fact that He is a present help in our time of weakness and our trouble. That He helps us right now, and He helps, and He helps, and He helps, and He keeps on helping. He helped us yesterday, He helps us today, and thank God He will help us tomorrow, and He never, ever stops helping. He helpeth us in our hurts. He helpeth us in our weakness. He helpeth us in the things that we're going through. He is an upholder that will help us in all of our burdens and all of our trials and all of our afflictions and all of our trouble and no matter what comes or goes or comes our way in 2020 we have a helper that will empower Hold us and help us every single day of our lives. Well, glory to God. Amen. That is something that I know today. That whatever the changes we may experience in, in this coming year, we have the Holy Spirit that abides within us, that lives and dwells. He sealed me. Amen. Oh, I could, I could preach on that a little bit here. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise and He keeps me and He guides me and He helps me every single day of my life. He's my helper. Can I get an amen? But that word helpeth is also, if you study it out and get some of the usages, how they use that word helpeth in, the, in uh, classical Greek or in the time of the Bible, in the time the Word of God was written. That word helpeth is actually a servant's, a servant's term. And it means it was used when a servant would see his master or especially his master, but anybody under a heavy load. When somebody was carrying a burden or a heavy load that they couldn't, they was having trouble carrying on their own, the servant, this servant that would help them would run over to them and would get next to their master or to their friend and help them lift the load, help them shoulder the load or take one end of the load. How many's ever been carrying something heavy? And uh, somebody would say, well, let me help you with that. And you'd come over and, and give them a hand. And oh, Nate, it's so much easier, you know, to carry that heavy thing when you had somebody else grabbing a hold of it on the, uh, grabbing a hold on the end, kind of like when your wife's coming in with, with armloads of groceries and you say, let me get the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. When we should be saying, let me help you with that. Let me take some of that load. And so it was a servant's term and it was used that way to help make a burden lighter, to lend a hand, to give assistance. That word was used, you know, in, in Luke chapter 5 when, when Jesus used Peter's boat for a pulpit and then told Peter, remember, he said, go let down your nets for a draft. And Peter said, well, we fished all night and we've not caught anything. We've taken nothing. But he said, nevertheless, 
just at your word. We will let down a net. And so Peter lets down a net and encloses a great multitude of fishes and the net begins to break. And Peter and those on the boat can't pull the net in because it's too heavy for them to pull in. And the Bible said that they beckoned for their friends in the other boat to come over. And their friends came over and they said, come over here and help us with this net to get this net in. And their friends came over and everybody together with their friends helping them were able to pull the net of fishes into the boat. That's the picture that we have of the Holy Spirit that helps us when our burden is heavy, when we can't make it through, when things are going wrong and awry in our life and we've come to that place where we say, Lord, I don't know if I can take another step because the load is too heavy. I'm telling you, there is an upholder. There is a helper. He will come alongside and help you with that burden you don't have to bear that burden alone. Come on, amen. Oh, that'd make a Presbyterian shout. Amen. But how does he do this? And I'm trying to hurry to get everything that I want to say, but Paul said that, that one of the ways the Holy Spirit helps us with our burden is through his intercessory work. Isn't that what he said? He said in verse, let's look at it. In verse number 26, he said, the latter portion says, But the Spirit Himself maketh, and there's that ETH again, that means that He continues to make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Thank God for the intercessory work of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the ways, one of the main ways that He does help us is through His intercessory work. How many of y'all know we have two intercessors? Amen. I thank God for the intercessors that are here at Abundant Life. Sister Reed, and uh, she's here every morning up in that prayer room on Sunday mornings, interceding for me, interceding for the church. Thank God for that intercessory work. And for others that are praying and that are interceding for us and for this church. But thank God for all those. But we have two main intercessors. One intercessor that we have today, how many knows Jesus is at the right hand of the Father where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus told Peter one time, he said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But he said, I have prayed for thee. Well, I'm thankful for everybody that prays for me, but I'm glad to know that at the right hand of the throne of Almighty God is the Lord Jesus Christ, my great high priest, and he is there today always praying, always interceding. And I think a lot of times that, that, that Jesus is saying, Lord, there he is. He's in a mess again. He's in a heap of trouble again. Lord, Lord, God, the Father, he needs some help. Thank God for the intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. But thank God also we have a, an intercessor at the right hand of God in Jesus, but Jesus has also given us an intercessor that lives right on the inside of us. Thank God. Say thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the intercessor. The Holy Spirit makes intercession in us, for us, and on our behalf. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows what you're feeling. He knows your weakness and your, and your, your infirmities in your life. He knows the burdens that you have. And so... 
with, and he also, and he also knows the mind of God. See, here's the great thing about the intercessory work of the Holy Spirit. He's in you to know you and what you're going through, but he also knows the mind of God, and God the Father knows the mind of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Ghost in you, makes intercession for you when you don't know how to pray. You don't know for what to pray. You don't know what to pray. You don't know what to do. Thank God for the helper. Thank God for the upholder that lives in us, that makes intercession for us and through us with groanings which cannot be uttered and praise always the perfect will of God for our life. Oh, I think that deserved more than three hand claps. He does. He's the one who intercedes. He knows what to pray. Now, I'm sure you've been here. I've been here in this place where I, where I was so burdened. I was going, you know, Anybody ever been in that place where you've been going through some stuff and you're so burdened and you just don't, you just can't find the words to say. You just don't know how. You don't understand what you're going through. You don't understand why the Lord's allowing you to go through what you're going through. How many know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? And you've questioned and you've said, Lord, why have I, why, 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 I don't know what this is all about. I don't know. You search your heart and you say, have I done anything wrong? Have I failed the Lord? Have I missed God? And you can't find anything that you've done and you don't understand why you're going through what you're going through. But it's at that time that the Holy Spirit, that, uh, that, that upholder, that helper, that intercessor, oh my Lord, I'm about to shout, will, will, will come up on the inside of you with inutterable gushings and groanings and you can't find the word. Sometimes it's in other tongues in the prayer language, but many times it's as Paul described it here. It's just in groanings that you can't express. Oh, you can't express it in words. How many has ever got down to pray and you're going through something and all you can say is, oh God, oh Lord, and you're just groaning, and the Holy Spirit is groaning. You, you, you can't articulate it in words, but can I tell you that those groans coming from the Holy Spirit mean something to the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit lifting your burden, interceding for you in those times, and you don't know how to pray or what to pray. Thank God, no matter what happens in 2020, what changes we face, we've got an upholder, we've got a helper, we've got an intercessor that'll pray through us. We experienced a lot of things here in 2019 at Abundant Life Family Church that I still don't understand, but God does. But I remember a few couple of months ago, it was a few months ago, the load was getting, I'll just be a little bit transparent with you. The load was getting really heavy. I even told Vicky one morning, I sat there and I said, I can't do it no more. I can't take no more. I was like that Popeye attitude. I've had all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Anybody ever been there? And I told her, I said, I can't make it. I can't go on. I said, I can't go. I was broken. I was burdened. I was hurting. And I didn't know what to do. And I got in my truck and I came over here to the church and I locked myself away that morning, early that morning in my office. And I just began to talk to the Lord and I told Him the same thing. I was just honest with God because he knew, he knew what was in my heart. And I said, God, I can't go on. I can't make it no more. I can't do it. Lord, the, the, the burden's too heavy. And I told Him, I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's wrong and I don't know what to do. 
And I begin to pray and I, I just I just begin to thank Him and just to worship Him. And I got down in the floor on my face before God. And all of a sudden, from down on the inside, there just became something, there came something rolling up. I begin to weep. I begin to sob. I begin to cry. I mean, to weep heavily. My, I was shaking so I was shaking because I was weeping so hard and crying so hard for a lengthy period of time. I begin to cry. I just begin to cry out. And all I could say was, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And it wasn't just, see, you know, it, it, was, it was coming from down in here. It was the Holy Spirit. It was my upholder. It was my helper that was praying and for, 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 a, for, for a good length of time I laid there in that floor weeping and sobbing and groaning and moaning and if anybody would have come in they would have said something. They would have probably called 911 and said something's wrong with our pastor but there wasn't anything wrong. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the upholder that was helping my weakness and calling out through me to God the Father. And boy, I'll tell you what, after a while of that, all of a sudden that burden lifted and I got up from that floor and the situation hadn't changed at all, but I had a hope I had changed. God had heard my prayer. He had heard the groanings of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what God was going to do, but I tell you what, I did know that the helper had come along, Brother David, and he had helped me with my load. He said, let me take a part of that load for you. Thank God for the upholder. I thought about Brother Jim, Sister Charlotte, their son Rob just a few months ago was in the hospital, not expected to live. The, the word, the report from the doctor was not good. And they didn't know what to pray. We had sent out a, a prayer request for the church to remind for the church to be praying for Rob. Everybody was praying. We were interceding for him. I can remember being up in that prayer room on the Wednesday night before service that night. And we were interceding. I was interceding and praying for him. Hallelujah. But I remember the testimony that Brother Jim gave when he said, thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost because when they didn't know how to pray for their son, when the doctor said it's all over and they didn't know how to pray, the Holy Ghost, the upholder came along and shouldered the burden and helped them and prayed through them and God heard and God answered and God moved and healed Rob's body. Somebody ought to say amen. So I don't know what I may face in 2020. But I tell you what, I got an upholder that helpeth me. I'm taking too long on point one. That's just point one. An upholder that cannot be burdened, but that will help your weakness and help carry your load. Point number two. In 2020, no matter what changes we go through, secondly, we have an understanding that cannot be bewildered. We have an understanding. We have an upholder. But listen to this. We have an understanding that cannot be bewildered. Verse 28 of Romans 8. I love this verse. I appreciate this verse being in the Bible. I believe that it means what it says and it says what it means. And in verse 28, Paul said, And we know. If you've got a Bible this morning, you ought to underline that and circle those three words. And we know. There are some things today that you can know. There are some things that you can be assured of. There are some things that are certainties in our life. There are some things in the Word of God that we don't have to guesstimate or 
think or guess about, but we know, and this is one of them. He said, and we know that all things work together. Hallelujah. We sang about it this morning, didn't we? And all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. I don't know about anybody else, but I thank God for that verse of scripture that there is an understanding that you have, that there's an understanding that we have that when we're in the place of bewilderment, we can know that no matter what the enemy has brought against us or what is coming our way, that God is able and will take all things and work them together for our good in our life. Woo! The devil can't handle that. If you and I would get a hold of that verse and believe that, it's, this verse is not teaching fatalism. It's not teaching that, you know, whatever is to be will be and all of that. But it is teaching that anything and everything that you as a child of God, that loves God, that are called according to the purpose of God, that are in the family of God. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. As a child of God, you belong to the heavenly Father. You are covered by the blood of the Lamb. You are seen with the precious Holy Ghost. And it doesn't matter, I'm telling you, God Almighty is in control of my life today. The problem with many people is that they want to be in control of their life. I relinquish the control of my life to God, to the Holy Spirit. Every day I pray for Him to direct my steps, for Him to guide my life for the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom, for God's will to be done in earth as it is in heaven for Rick Hensley and his family. So when we're bewildered, we have this promise. And it didn't say that all things are good, but it says that all things work together for our good. Paul, what things is he talking about? Paul, if you'll read the rest of that, and we'll read those verses a little later on, in verses 35 through 39, Paul lists there 17 things. If you'll count them up, counting when he says, or any other creature, amen, or as Ernest T. would say, creature. If you count that, there are 17 things that Paul lists there that he experienced and that you and I may experience as well. Seventeen things. But yet he said, even in the midst of all of those things that come, whether it be life or death or angels or principalities or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Now I know you know a lot of the word of faith teachers don't want to teach on that because they say none of that bad stuff's going to happen to you. Well, it happened to Paul. Amen. I don't know if anybody here has got any greater faith than that man of God. He didn't say you would be exempt from those things, but he said in all those things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And the reason is because God knows how to take all of those things that the enemy may bring against your life and God just knows how to work them all together and come out good on the other side. Anybody here like to eat? Well, that's one thing about a cruise ship. You don't go hungry. There's plenty to eat. I don't, I'm not a dessert eater. Y'all know, Brother Bob, and they all, we, you know, we, we, Low carbon, no sugar, no sweets. You know, we, we watch our carbs. Well, I'm going to make a confession today. <laughs> confession is good for the soul. 
Thank God I'm back on the wagon now, but I'm going to tell you, your pastor fell off the wagon on that cruise ship. <laughs> I mean, when you look at that menu there at that dinner that night, and this was our first time, I didn't know what to expect, and they got roasted rack of lamb, and they've got, you know, this, these, all these appetizers, and then, then you look over here, and they've got cherries jubilee. And they've got this, you know, these chocolate cakes and all of this, all of this dessert. It's hard to say no. Well, in that situation, I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to say no. Praise God. But you all that like to eat desserts, listen. Listen, you never, how many here just walk into your kitchen and open up a bag of gold metal flour? Do they make gold metal flour? All purpose. And just take a big old tablespoon and just dip you up a big old spoonful of gold metal flour, stick it in your mouth and eat it. Anybody here that does that? If you do, we need to pray for you today. (laughs) You don't just pull out a, box of unsweetened, you know, that Hershey's cocoa and pop it open and get you a big mouthful of cocoa, spoonful of bacon powder, pull out the sugar, the sugar sack. Well, some of you might do this and get you just a big spoonful of sugar by itself and eat it. You wouldn't go to the ice box, I don't think, and grab a couple of, of eggs and crack them open and just take those raw eggs and just swallow them down. Some may have done that, but uh, as, as, uh, you know, normally you wouldn't do that. Because those ingredients by themselves are repulsive and are sickening to think about eating them individually just kind of like some of the stuff you have to face and go through in life. But oh, you can get the master baker, that guy on the cruise ship that has the big white hat that tall and the white coat, and he can take the flour and the cocoa and the eggs and the sugar and the bacon powder and all of those ingredients that within themselves would be repulsive and hard to swallow alone. And he can take them all and put them in a great big mixing bowl. How many's with me? And begin to mix them up and stir them up and blend them all together and put them in a pan and put them in an oven and how many of y'all here that wouldn't eat a raw egg and you wouldn't eat a a, a tablespoon of flour by itself but how many of y'all would love to have a big old slice of a chocolate cake hallelujah oh that's good isn't it that's good stuff amen and that's what God does the things that the enemy tries to bring into our life that are repulsive and sickening if you'll just trust the Lord if you'll just give yourself to God he takes all that stuff and God is the master chef the master mixer he causes all of it to work together Woo! and it comes out good amen boy if we could get a hold of that you know how we are, though. Some bad happened. Well, I don't know why that had to happen. Trust God. Because it don't matter what changes come in 2020. We have an understanding that cannot be bewildered if you'll just believe it. Amen? If you'll just believe it. I got to move on. I got to close. So we have... An upholder, the Holy Spirit, that cannot be burdened. And we have the promise of God, an understanding that cannot be bewildered, that God works all things together for our good. But third and last of all, we have a union. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. We have a union. <laughs> 
that cannot be broken. Listen to what he says. Verse 35. Who, we, we sang about this this morning, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then he starts listing those 17 things. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we, not apart from these things, but did you notice that? But in all these things, when they happen to us, in these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, and just in case He forgot anything, or any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, can I tell you something this morning? That no matter what changes come your way, our way, this church's way, into your family, no matter what changes you experience in 2020, there is a union that you have with God and His love that those circumstances cannot change, that those circumstances cannot break because those 17 things that are listed there, no matter which one of them may come your way, they cannot separate you from the love of God. They will never stop God no matter what happens, no matter what you go through, no matter what the enemy throws your way, they cannot and will not ever be anything that will stop God from loving you. Are you hearing me? How many times has something bad happened in your life and the devil perches on your shoulder and he says, if God really loved you, he wouldn't let that happen to you. If God really loved you, then why are you going through what you're going through? I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what you may face in 2020. There is nothing that's going to cause God. There's nothing the devil can do. There's nothing that people can do. There's nothing that anybody can say about you. There's nothing that anybody, any lie that anybody can tell on you. There's no persecution that you'll go through that will ever cause God to stop loving you. You are his child. You are washed in the blood. You have him as your father and he loves you. He'll never stop, ever stop loving you. Come on, amen. Woo, hallelujah. I mean, God forbid that your family would turn their back on you and walk away in 2020. God forbid that your spouse would come in and say, I'm leaving, I want a divorce. God forbid that that would ever happen to anybody in this church in 2020. God forbid that anyone would do, would do such a thing in your family and want nothing to do with you. But I can tell you, it doesn't matter who forsakes you. It doesn't matter who turns the back on you. It doesn't matter who doesn't love you. As long as you belong to God, He loves you. You belong to Him and He loves you. I don't know, you know, any of you ladies when you were when you were little girls and you had a boyfriend. I'm getting you to think back now. You remember there was a little game you'd play with a daisy or a flower? <laughs> See now everybody's nodding their head now. They say, Yeah, 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 yeah. We did that. Anybody ever do that? You pull the pedal off, he loves me. Pull another one off. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And you'd go through that whole flower and that last petal on there would tell the tale. He either loved you or he loved you not. 
You know what? We don't have to play that game with Jesus. Oh, ain't nobody hearing me this morning. We we don't have to play that game with God because there's not any love me nots on there. Here's the way you play that. If you want to play that game with Jesus, do it this way. He loves me. He loves me lots. He loves me. He loves me lots. He loves me. He loves me lots. And I can tell you, there'll never be he loves me not, but there'll always be he loves you lots. And there's nothing that the devil can do in 2020 that can stop your Father God from loving you, from upholding you, from helping you. Amen. Woo! Charles Spurgeon was visiting a farmer that attended his church and he noticed on the top of the barn of that farmer, that farmer's barn was a weather vane with an arrow on it. You all know what a weather vane is. That tells the direction of the wind. And on the arrow of that weather vane, the farmer had painted, God is love. And, And Mr. Spurgeon said to the farmer, what do you mean by that saying on the weather vane? Are you trying to say that as that turns that God's love is changeable? And the farmer said, oh no, Mr. Spurgeon, that's not what I mean at all. But what I mean is that no matter which direction the wind blows, God still loves me. No matter what that comes or goes, God still loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand today. Listen. Listen. Hallelujah. No matter what may happen, no matter what may come, no matter what may go in 2020, as long as you continue to keep your faith anchored in Christ and the cross, in His blood, you are safe. You are protected. If you won't quit, God won't quit. He will love you regardless of what comes your way. We are more than conquerors, super conquerors through Him that loved us. We have an upholder today. We have an understanding today. And we have a union today that can never be changed. Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy may bring our way or what 2020 may bring our way. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Oh, Father, thank you today so much for your holy, precious word, for your presence here in this place. I pray that God, that what you've given me today to say to your church, God, let it, let the seed of that word penetrate deeply into our hearts today. Give us encouragement. No matter what we're going through, give us that encouragement. God, I'm believing you that 2020 is going to be a banner year, a double portion year. Lord, for for Abundant Life Family Church and for those who are a part of this ministry and this church. And Lord, I'm asking you today to do a work in every life in this service this morning. In Jesus' name. As they sing this morning, I want to...